Welcome to the Bible Vault, where we unpack the jewels of God's Word. I'm Jason. And I'm Katrina. And today we're continuing our series on who is Jesus by talking about the wedding at Cana. This story is found in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with, with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. So why does Jesus address his mother as woman? The study Bible mentions that woman was a common and respectful greeting at the time, but that it would have been unusual to use for one's mother, so they suggest that Jesus, with this greeting, may have been speaking to Mary as a disciple rather than as his own mother. So what's significant about the interaction between Jesus and Mary during the actual wedding? The significance starts with the problem itself. As we discussed in the context episode for this passage, Mary may have been either a relative or a close friend of the host family. To avoid the social blunder of running out of wine at a wedding, Mary brought the problem to Jesus, providing a demonstration of what we should do as Christians when we have a problem. We should pray, which in turn brings the problem to Jesus. After his response, Mary then tells the servants to do whatever he tells you, which is a remarkable demonstration of faith. So what we see here from Mary is both the presentation of a problem to Jesus and the faith that he will fix it, which is something I think we can all learn from. As for Jesus' response, he asks what it has to do with him and tells Mary that his time has not yet come. Though he had called some disciples in the previous passages, and those disciples were also in attendance, he'd not yet started performing miracles, so his ministry had not yet officially begun. When John writes the first of his signs, the word used for first literally translates to beginning showing this sign as the start of his ministry. So in response to the faith demonstrated by Mary, Jesus began his ministry reinforcing that he will respond to a faithful request. Her faith just always amazes me. How does this story relate to our saga of who is Jesus? I think this story demonstrates a couple of important points of Jesus' character. So as we discussed again in the Context podcast, the story shows us that Jesus was well-liked and was fun, as not only he, but also the people who were with him as disciples were invited to attend both the wedding and the subsequent celebration. But even more than that, the story also shows how much Jesus cares, 
even about what some people would consider little things. So I think that some of us worry that we shouldn't trouble God with our problems because our problems aren't as significant as other people's problems. I know that this was something that for a while I actually struggled with. For instance, if you're listening to this podcast right now, it means that you have the means to access the internet, the means to listen, the ability to hear and think, and much more. And then depending on where you're listening, you may even have more blessings right in front of you that others simply don't have. For example, if you're going to the store, it means you have enough money to get to the store. It means you have the means of transportation to get to the store. It means that you are, whatever you're going to pick up, whatever you deem important to you, is something that you're able to go and do. Others just don't have that capability or the means by which to actually go and get this stuff. But the host family in the story did something that we've all done at some point. They overextended themselves. So they got carried away in the customary celebration, and whether it was carried away in the amount of guests they invited or if they spent too much on other aspects of the wedding and couldn't afford as much wine, we don't know. But we do know that they ran out of wine and that their reputation would suffer as a result. So this family, like us, had plenty of blessings. But they made a mistake. And Jesus' response was to help them, was to cover and take away their mistake like he does with us, both on the cross and when we take a faithful request to him. So for us, the story tells us that Jesus actually cares about all of our concerns, troubles, and everything. So that when we go to him, we know that we're going to someone who will both listen and act on our behalf. Wow. Let me just repeat that again. Jesus' response was to help them, was to cover and take away their mistake like he does with us. He didn't blame and shame them. He didn't let them beat themselves up, but he took care of them and made all things right. So let's recap. In the last few episodes, we've discovered that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God while being God, and therefore he is divine and eternal. He is our salvation, our friend, and there's no question that Jesus can't answer. Jesus was the Messiah and the Lamb of God, a miracle worker who takes away the sin of the world. He's compassionate, loving, and fun. Starting to form a pretty good picture of him? I definitely think so. I think that we're, uh, we've at least covered the tip of the iceberg into everything that we can delve into with regards to Christ. And I think that on your point that he didn't blame and shame them, I think that it's it's important to realize that the only people that witnessed this miracle were the servants. He yeah. didn't he didn't show it to a whole bunch of other people. He he really kind of focused in on really the the lowest of the people to show his glory to and it was only a select few so they didn't have to broadcast to everybody around there, "Hey, everybody's out of wine." Yeah, and that's a a theme that we see throughout Jesus's whole ministry. He always goes to the lowliest of people. He goes to the people that are the outcasts and, you know, everybody has felt that way at some point. We oh, absolutely. Felt like the, out- the outcasts, we felt the lowest. Absolutely. So next week's topic, since I think that pretty much wraps up what we've got for uh, this week, next week's topic is Jesus's cleansing of the temple, where we'll learn even more about who he is and start to delve a little bit more into his emotions. Right, so if you have any questions or comments, please be sure to head over to our Instagram page at the Bible Vault, Bible Vault 
podcast, excuse me, and shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear your story and learn more about our listeners in general, so feel free to reach out at any time for any reason. Thank you for joining us today on the Bible Vault. God bless, and we will see you next time.